Morning, John. Good morning. How's it going? Uh, doing well. How are you? Good. You a little tired? Um, a little tired. Yeah. We all between. Long. It was a long time in the desert. Yeah. But <laughs> six days in the desert is tough. Yeah. So. Perry's been driving all day. Dang. Yesterday. Yeah. Our buddy Perry Crimmins is here from passing through, going hunting. Yeah. Appreciate you taking the time to. Man, I just stop by. You know, it's uh. I just don't get to Idaho often enough, you know. I just remember early on, I used to come elk hunting here, deer hunting here, you know, every year. You know, this year, heck, I did wait eight hours, nine hours on the phone, though, for a deer tag. <laughs> you did, uh, trying to get one? Oh, here in Idaho? Yeah. 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 I did get a deer tag, and now I'm not going to be able to go. I miss That's much. right, you did. Mean, yeah. It's, uh, it's weird how it works out, you know. You free up your fall so you can go hunting, and then, uh, you, you, you know, as you go along in the west and you're gathering points all over and this stuff and you just got to keep your fingers crossed you don't draw it all in one season yeah right well that was that this season for me and then we threw we have a moose hunt we're going on i get back and uh got i'm home for 20 days for our deer season oh then i turn around and go to southeast colorado for a mule deer hunt oh. then i get back from there uh and then i have about 10 days and i have a, a muzzleloader mule deer hunt in california which that tag, so, you know, 21 years took me to draw it. Wow. Oh, wow. On your time home, when you're going to be home, are you going to guiding or hunting? Um, I'll, I'm actually helping some folks out that are uh, doing some outdoor TV stuff. Oh, cool. So I'll do that for a few days, and then I have some other youth guys that I'm helping out. And, of course, you know, I have a, a little skin in the game because one of the guys is uh, really – versed in the area where i'm muzzleloader hunting for mule deer oh nice so we're trading nice <laughs> cool nice and that's how this industry works you know it's i know just, it's such a small world but man it seems like you can always find oh, it's, buddies or people that you've oh it is a totally who you know world yeah and i i mean it's that way everywhere but especially in the hunting business and you've talked a little bit about your grew up and and your oh, business and you got the just for hunting and, yeah so i grew up in northern california uh, believe it or not, I was born in San Francisco. Don't hold that against me. <laughs> you know, my mom was smart enough to get us out of there and, and uh, when I was six years old and move us to Northern California. Huh. And, I mean, I, you notice I overemphasize Northern, Northern California. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my old, uh, I work from Osseoak as well, and my old boss there, uh, Tim Anderson, and I think you uh -huh. met Tim before, yep. and yeah. unfortunately he passed away a few yeah. years ago. And yeah. We lost him, a great guy. But um, I, he would always introduce me. This is Perry Kremens from Northern California. <laughs> I don't think people realize, because I grew up in Northern California too, how how rural it is up there. How different, right? Yeah, it's you know? amazing. It's it's not much different than living here. And it's I always tell people, people. California just think a city. Right. You know, I grew up in a little farming town too. I mean, and it was. Yeah, it was small. conservative. Yeah, right? very, yeah. very. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, and I always. When I talk to people about California, I say, yeah, Northern California, and I'm, I'm like, we're as normal as it gets here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fact. That's all you can do. And it's, uh, you know, and where I live in Shasta County, Redding, California, it's, uh, it's the unfortunate thing is, is we, we actually vote right. We do everything right for what, you know, what we want in the state, but it makes no difference. In fact, we're so conservative and, and what they think, I don't know, right wing or whatever they want to call us. They actually, the state puts a target on us. Really? They're, they're trying to get, uh, infiltrate the legislation with all of their people so they can change it. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, it's, that's how bad it is as far as 
uh, politicians taking over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and we don't even have true. to. I mean, you don't have to talk anybody into that. All you got to do is look at look at the national level of politics. Yeah. And who's running the country? Yeah. Know? Not absolutely. to get on politics, but it's unfortunate that, uh, and and you know we're older folks, so you know seasoned. Yeah, seasoned Perry. Get it yeah, right. We're seasoned. There you folks, go. So, and, uh, and and you know, as much as you you might not realize it, but old dudes do rule. Yeah. And the reason is because they they wrote it. I mean, right. it, it's wisdom. You know. Yeah. I mean, you can read all the books you want, but you know, look at all the TV shows you want. But if you haven't lived it, I mean, that's that's where you get the experience. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like you know, I was. We I know we were chatting a little bit last night about um, just. The generation now has no clue what it was like when we grew up and had to read a magazine for information. Right. You know, and literally buy the magazine or get a subscription. I mean, it's unfortunate that I mean, it, even most of your bigger magazines and stuff are all online now. They don't do that. They the, are. You know, it, and I, I used to look forward to getting a magazine. Uh, right. Yeah. And I still, in fact, it's. Uh, my wife yesterday said, hey, don't be surprised if that foot and a half stack of magazines that I just tripped over is gone when you get home. Because <laughs> <laughs> I save them because there's articles in there that really kind of hit you, you know. Yeah. And it's not like you didn't already know, but it reminds you, gosh, dang, he's, you know, I need to remember to do this. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Sitting there waiting for the wind to change or, yeah. you know, I'm 200 yards out and need to get to 30, you know. Right. So it's, uh, it, but... Yeah, now everything's in these little phones, you know. Yeah. Right. You know, and that's another disadvantage uh, a season guys have is I, I carry around these readers. <laughs> I've been blessed to have good eyes my whole life, and now I still only need readers. Me you too. Know, long ways away, good. I'm yeah. fine. And uh, but but yeah, the the phones are like addicting. Yeah. It's crazy how addicting. Yeah. But at the same time, like on the yesterday on the drive up, you know, going through Nevada, and we all know how. Uh, windshield time works in nevada yeah <laughs> but uh so i called the folks at on x you know and just to chat with them a little bit and make sure that i had everything clicked in right and everything was good for their uh their service in canada oh you know? so uh and yeah if you don't have on x you know you're missing out bad oh yeah know? it's it's crazy how how detailed and and how good it works you know? yeah for sure yeah, um, it, it's uh, definitely a game changer out in the field, too. And you, oh, yeah. Uh, and I've used it in a <laughs> story this year. I did a backpack trip on Father's Day weekend with our church, uh -huh. like uh, 15, 17 guys or something. Uh -huh. And, you know, as we all know, we had a great winter this year, mm -hmm. even in California. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but still, they won't admit the drought's over. Right. <laughs> filled up our lake but they won't admit the drought's over um but uh so we got there and i usually pre-scout it go in check the trail make sure everything's good but we just do it like a three and a half mile hike into a lake and just hang out with some guys for a couple nights and uh we got there and i we got to the trailheads at like five thousand. so we started hiking and at about 56 we started running into snow banks oh and i'm like oh and this is you know june 16th wow you know? And usually in the Trinity Alps in California, mm -hmm. you're good. And uh, the end of June, if you want to get above 7,000, but usually good below that. Mm -hmm. Well, we got in there that you couldn't find the trail. You know, we had guys that, uh, you know, 
didn't make it in. They stopped halfway in camp, and we met them at the trailhead the next day. Really? Hmm. But with OnX, I used OnX to follow the trail, and believe it or not, the popcorn trail that left, the tracking, it was, I mean, when I laid it out, it was right on the trail, even though it was over the top of seven feet of snow. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Man, so was it back there in the lake? Was it snow then? Oh. <laughs> so this is the, even the, the best part of the whole trip is not that we made it to the lake, but when we got to the lake, it was still frozen. Really? Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. There was about 20 feet around the lake that was thawed that sheeted every night. Oh, we sheeted wow. every night. So still <laughs> caught a few fish. But, but my wife and I, we hiked back in there with our dogs about mm, two and a half weeks later. Yeah. And it was just perfect. There was just a few patches of snow. The huh. lake was thawed. Everything was beautiful. So that's, huh. how, fa- that's how fast it happens there. Wow. Hmm. But, so, yeah, all the lake. Shasta's full? Shasta's full. It's probably about 20 feet down now. Huh. But if you drive down the Central Valley in California, yeah. there's crops planted everywhere. Huh. If, it's, if they're not planted, the fields are plowed. Yeah. And they're, you know, using that water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. But Right on. Water's crazy. It's like, you know, it's a shame that... Uh, you know, for hundreds of years, we still haven't been able to figure out water. And water is the lifeblood of I everything. I think it's a control thing, though. Oh, it's a total control yeah. thing. I mean, yeah, it's the, whatever, Bureau of Reclamation or something. They want to tear these dams down. You know, they don't understand. You put these dams in for a reason, mm-hmm. right? Like a perfect example is the dams up on the Columbia. They want to take those dams out. Well, what are they going to do with the Washington crop industry? Yeah. All those ag, the wine, all the crops in Washington State... They're like, they run off of that river. They have some sort of aqua system Mm -hmm. that irrigates all the fields. And how are they going to, you know, they're going to put those guys out of business? Yeah, that's what it would be like, yeah. Huh. That's, uh, waters, there's so many subjects that when we get on uh, bureaucratic stuff that they just, you know, sure, you, any of us three, if you give give us the key for a day, we could fix it. Right, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> They'd only listen. Yeah. yeah but, uh. um, so I, I, I was trying to think earlier about when we met. I can't remember when we met. I know it's been in the hunting industry. It was, uh, so I started working for Mossy Oak in 2008. Okay. So uh, I would have remember right then. Huh? manager, yeah. And okay. it was back then, and I think it was probably through, um, you know, because I have some folks over in Boise that are on my team. Yeah. And, uh. And looking for, for more candidates for yeah. the Mossy Oak Pro staff, for the yeah. field staff we do. Yeah. And I think somehow we got hooked up through that. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And then, I mean, you came down and hunted pigs in California. Because yeah. you have Just for Hunting, correct? Yeah, Just yeah. for Hunting, justforhunting.com. We do, uh, you know, we do some land. We like to call it land management because uh, even though we do hunt, um, we all of our stuff we manage for the wildlife. Oh. And every place we've ever had you know whether the landowner decided to stick with us or not when we left it was better wildlife than when we came oh, nice. you know nice. so that's how we roll and it's like and the reach you know working for mossy oak is you know most people don't understand how big mossy oak is you know be, because they don't they don't have that arrogance of some of the other outdoor companies yeah they just are when you see the some of these commercials on Mossy Oak with Toxie and his boys and stuff out in the field with dirt, that's what they do. That's yeah. their everyday thing, man. It's not they're not faking a commercial or something. That's what they do, hmm. and it's just that family uh, feeling that they have with everything. And anybody that's you know, you had Luke out here last year. Yeah. I mean, Luke Combs, and 
same deal. Yeah. You know, he's a mossy old guy, yeah. man. And it's not like you had to talk him into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not getting paid. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. But, uh, but with that reach, you know, I, I could find just about anybody, you know, and vet anybody. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, I mean, I hate to say it, but in every industry, there's some duds. Yeah. And, uh, and another thing to do with us seasoned guys is you learn, you don't need to deal with the duds. Man. Yeah. Time is too valuable. Yeah. You know, man, especially the older you do get, time is so much more precious. Yeah. And you think more about, you know, kind of smelling the roses. Oh man. A little more. And, and cause man, life does go by fast. It does. And, and I mean, you got a goal and uh, to, to yeah. accomplish that goal, what do you need? You don't need a, to get derailed by some guy that's going to cause you some problems right. or some gal or whatever. And I mean, you hate to, you know, hunting's kind of a, I believe it or not, it's a, it's a individual sport, but it's so much funner when you have some buddies around. Yeah. I mean, even if you separate and go three different directions or four different directions, um, you know, and come back at night and tell the story. I mean, you know, that's like right. our antelope camp, you know, is mm-hmm. summer years is bigger than others, but I mean, it's, it's a blast. Yeah. I mean, cause you all yeah, kind of go your separate camp. ways. Yep. yep. Yeah. And you got a campfire and yeah. some food and a, you know, whatever whiskey or beer, or whatever you want yeah. to drink or mm-hmm. soda. And, uh, yeah, that camaraderie around a campfire yeah. is really what it's all about. Yeah. You know, the, the harvest and the hunt that's, uh, you know, kind of, I would consider it secondary, even though that is the ultimate goal of yeah. your trip. But if you can't have fun doing it, and that's what's nice about getting more seasoned is, uh, <laughs> I mean, I shot my first deer in, gosh dang, it was 1975 in Northern California. And uh, my first bow deer in 79. Mm-hmm. So since then, you know, I've seen a lot of things hit the dirt and uh, for myself and others Mm -hmm. but now it's like you know don't get me wrong i like shooting big deer big critters mature animals what it's all about but you know when i used to go i'd go by myself a lot when i was younger because not all my buddies couldn't go so i'd just pack up and go for nine days or whatever and uh when you're by yourself you really have a lot of time to reflect absolutely and the unfortunate thing about it is if you're by yourself reflecting you usually reflect back home where your family is right so it makes you want to <clears throat> makes you want to shortchange yourself and leave early oh yeah I've had you that know? and even if the hunting's good sure you get done and you leave early but if it's bad it makes you want to leave even more but um <laughs> that's right true. yeah that's that <laughs> you know that's what guys talk about is for the you know um like a guy that really taps himself for that is Cameron, you know, mm-hmm. Cameron Haynes, because he's just like, he just grits it out no matter what, yeah. you know. And some people don't have that mental stamina like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you really need it to to succeed in the woods yeah. or even in this industry. But back to the camp, if you're, if you're with somebody, even one buddy, yeah. you know, you guys can go hunting together or not hunting together and compare notes yeah. right. and figure out a plan for the next day. But sure makes it a lot easier than, you know, getting back at dark and yeah, <laughs> putting your headlamp on and, yeah. and uh, going to bed trying to you don't have nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> just thinking, well, what did I do wrong today? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. How long have you been doing just for hunting? How long has that been? Uh, 2004 is when oh. I started it. Okay. And the intention there was, you know, um, obviously I, uh, you know, I, ha- I enjoyed hunting. But what I really enjoyed was 
and this goes back to the print magazines, you know. Mm -hmm. Back then, I would be, you know, I'd be in Eastman's or Field and Stream, or there were some Western magazines that were coming around and uh, reading a lot of articles. And it was really appealed to me to convey knowledge, you know. And I kind of, I don't want to say I saw it early, but I saw that we would need to keep people engaged in our sport to keep it going. You know, obviously being in California, it was early when they started messing with us out there. Um, so with that, the intention was to have something that I could use down the road when I retired, you know, kind of just a secondary something to do in the woods. And it just keeps you in the woods. It keeps you in the woods. And it just, uh, one, you know, I kind of trickled along with it. And then when I started working for Mossy Oak in 2008, did a couple TV shows. Um, I'm really good friends with, uh, Scott Haugen and we did some stuff together and man, it just blew up and, you know, then it got busy, you know, unfortunately at that time I was in another business that I had ownership. So I could kind of cater my schedule a little bit and use some of that additional time. But, you know, obviously the, and most people will understand this, that the outdoor business is not going to pay the bills. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't think it is yeah. and, unless you're one of these big companies and there's about probably, I don't know, between 20 and 30 of them that are actual companies that, you know, pay the bills. And in reality, you think about how many different companies have merged with other companies to make it work they just don't do one thing they've got to be it seems like they've got to uh, be more diversified uh, am i correct on that you know that oh the, the bad thing now is and we all see it not just in the outdoor industry but in the corporate world period yeah is all these different uh investment companies yeah that buy up you know like pure archery or uh you know, ATK or whatever, that's, they buy all these different companies and bring them under the same umbrella, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and they bought them in the first place because they're profitable. Right. Right. Most of it's, I mean, you have investing companies that buy some, some companies that are going south and, and try to rebuild them, yeah. but most of them aren't going to do that. They're going to buy it because it's profitable. Yeah. And, uh, and then they, un- unfortunately the, the corporate thing is like, I always figure, uh, I equate it this way. In the corporate world, they go around the block twice to go next door. (laughs) (laughs) That's how long it takes, you know. Yeah, I'm telling you. Pretty true. But, you know, the the sad thing I've seen, and I've seen it, I don't want to mention no company's names, but one that I was involved with that um, I watched them go from a big company to getting bought out, that type of thing. But the problem is the umbrella it was bought under, a lot of it, the hunting drive, I guess you want to call it, wasn't there. And yeah. so it kind of took, for lack of better word, just kind of backseat to, you know, it wasn't like their passion just wasn't quite there. And, and, and it's unfortunate when people start these companies up, it, they really got a passion for it. But it loses it when it gets put under that umbrella. Or put and, to someone else that doesn't have that same drive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, there's, unfortunately, you know, and we could mention, there's a number of outdoor companies that are that way. Yeah. And the, the thing about outdoor companies is most of, our, most of our gear, our technical gear in the outdoor world, the hunting world, came from companies like Patagonia or North mm-hmm. Face or something. Mm-hmm. And we just decorated in camo right you know it's the same technical gear yeah we're not going to sell some of these backpacks like 
it's uh, right now everybody thinks they need a backpack. You know, it's not for everybody. You know, some of them make a real good one. Yeah. Some don't. Yeah. But you're doing something. You're doing one thing really well, and you want to expand. It's yeah. just natural for business to to add on to your inventory. Yeah. You know, your your SKUs, but you're not going to sell back into that industry. You know, so don't try to sell your stuff don't try to make something for the backpack industry because they believe it or not they really don't like us as hunters you know yeah it's true uh but just do the best that you can do at what you do you know don't think you have to you know and i get it i mean everybody wants to do better and expand and you know it's just human nature to do better and build right yeah yeah but we have so much uh there's so much good stuff in our industry right yeah, now. Yeah, there is. Really good stuff. And it's, you know, you think it's expensive, and some of it's pretty expensive, but there's a lot of stuff that's reasonable. Yeah. I mean, it's really reasonably priced for, uh, and I mean, this is an equation that most people never hear. So in the West, we have, so West of the Rockies, say, we have about 2.2 million hunters. You know, unfortunately, it's declining, you know, so that's why we need to get more stuff in schools, archery in schools, whatever. Back in schools. Yeah, my wife's a school teacher, and, and like yesterday, she took a big, uh, it was uh, A day for the alphabet, right? So she took a big set of antlers. Oh, cool. You know, and takes it in and shows the kids, uh, brings some velvet antlers and shows them. It's pretty cool. The kids oh, get to yeah. feel it and, yeah. you know, exposure. But now they're taking archery out of schools and mm-hmm. all this stuff, and it, it's it's ridiculous because the uh, 2.2 million hunters west of the Rockies, well, there's 12 over 12.2 million in the east. Mm-hmm. So figure out that demographic. That's why you see a lot of the western companies. Uh, the pie is getting really small in the west. Mm-hmm. You know, you see all. I see it at like the expo. You know, being in the uh, working for mossy oak i recognize all camos right Mm -hmm. so there used to be like i think they said 168 patterns or something like that really like 15 years ago right wow now i bet there's 368 patterns you know because everybody can make their own pattern the digital stuff digital stuff yeah and i mean i just can't imagine i and i'm talking from a business standpoint trying to make money right i can't imagine some of these folks are not working their tail off to make just a regular limit yeah right and uh the the western demographic now and and you see it with the uh you know qu first light um sitka kings all these guys and those i say those four because those are really the four main players in the west Mm -hmm. um and they're they're all trying for part of that eastern demographic but the eastern demographic is so set in that and you've been to the south and you've been into turkey hunting so yeah. you know i mean the number one pattern in the world right now i'll guarantee you is bottom land still huh? still yeah it's so funny how it kind of <laughs> it's i say it never went away but right but how in the last i don't know how many years now it's really it's almost like it was brand new again huh it is brand new again yeah you know because i mean it was one of the original patterns right right, right. and it just you know in mossy oak's a perfect example they 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 had to build that different pattern every year yeah to give the consumer something right right, right. but really what the consumer wants is old school yeah you know and that's what the bottom line and is. it's almost like fashions and fads that the old stuff comes back you know it, you're always hearing that stuff it's totally kids is. nowadays i say kids but the young <laughs> adults whatever they uh stuff that yeah. was cool to us back in the day at one point they would have 
thought was not cool at all and now they think it just yeah. got invented yeah exactly. but in reality yeah. it was like really maybe, we've already been there maybe we can there. call those that younger demographic unseasoned adults unseasoned there you go. Adults. <laughs> <laughs> new, new uh new little words yeah. there for us and, and kudos to them for trying <laughs> absolutely you know get out there and try but i'm telling you i i talked to a guy in uh, california <laughs> this year about uh, guiding you know and he's a up and comer one of these guys that runs around for the trophy thing you know uh-huh. and just trying to to be that guy right yeah and i i mean i learned a long time ago it's a lot of work for a little bit of money yeah right now if you don't love it if you don't love the guiding thing yeah or the you know even the outfitting thing or booking or whatever if you don't love it and you're helping people if your goal's not helping people you're going to burn out yeah mm-hmm. you know you just can't do it i mean I don't. I mean, I, that's kind of how I even got started. It's like, you know, I was fortunate enough to um, get my animals, and then I still wanted to be out there. So, buddies, I started just taking buddies or going with buddies and whatnot, yeah. not for pay or anything, just for fun, just to be out there. And then, then you get some offers. You know, hey, do you want to make? You know, you want a guide professionally, or you know, or take clients out and get paid. It's like. Well, shoot, I guess I was doing it for free. I can do it for... Yeah, and here here you go out and do it a couple of times, and all of a sudden you, you get paid 150 bucks a day, and you're going, wait a minute here, wait a minute. Right. In your real life, would you work for less than $300 a day? Well, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. won't. You, yeah. you can't live on that, you know? Yeah. And that's what I tell people is if unless you're doing this just for a little bit of uh, mad money, yeah, you know, it's... Even us as owning the company... And I mean, having paying outfitters you know, yeah. or paying guides, um, and we try to keep, treat people right. We have a scale that if the more people that you're guiding, especially pig hunts, you know, yeah. you know, we like pig hunts. If you have four guys, you can make some money. Mm-hmm. You know, you can probably make three, three and a half a day or something. Mm-hmm. You know? But if you're just doing one guy, there's no money in it. Yeah. You know, for I mean, no money in it's not the right word. There's not enough money in it that you know you're going to be able to go home and your wife's going to say, you should do that again. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, and you do some like, uh, brokering too, right? We do. We do. We're once again, it's that who, you know, world, yeah. you know, and it's validation, you know, cause there's plenty of the thing that kills me and you guys get the same thing is when you hear that story about somebody that paid somebody some money and they went on a guided hunt, and it was a catastrophe. Oh, yeah. You know, I just, I cringe. You know, I feel sorry for the guy because yeah. he probably, he might have vetted. And some guys, you know, it's hunting. Stuff goes wrong, yeah. right? That can happen. But when you hear about, oh, he, the guy showed up drunk or uh, yeah. or the the accommodations were horrible. We slept yeah. on the dirt or yeah. something like that. You know, you're not paying, you know, and nowadays the, the price went up so much on hunts after COVID, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in uh, New Mexico. I mean, we used to have a place in Angel Fire that we, you know, I would help Mossy Oak out on elk hunts, and the landowner tags were like thirty five hundred bucks. You know, now you can't get one for under sixty five hundred dollars, hmm. and that's just the tag. Wow. You know, so elk hunts in New Mexico are now up to uh, ten to thirteen thousand. Yeah. You know, they just doubled that fast. I went on a drop camp uh, with a buddy of mine who was getting guided one year, and and. Uh, I remember I got to the tent before he did, and his guide walked in. And first of all, our accommodations were not great. <laughs> they just weren't great. 
I mean, I've, uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess because I've been around it enough that, to my, my opinion, I know I've said this before, if, if the combinations and the food are good and they're satisfied there, the hunting can be not as good, but yeah. at least you know you're coming back to a good warm meal, you know, in, in a good camp. Uh, but when if the honey's not very good and the camp sucks too, it's it's bad. But the guide walked in and two different mornings, I finally said something. Knowing me, I finally had to say something because the second day he's like, ah, I did not want to get up today. And I'm thinking, that's not what I want to hear. Exactly. <laughs> Fortunately, you know, my friend wasn't there. But the second day, I'm like, dude. If you were my guide and you came in here and told me, that, you know, and I heard you say that, I'd be so pissed. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, you got to come in there with bright-eyed and bushy-tail, man, and ready to go. And mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. If you're not an optimist, you <laughs> don't even show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's it, you know. And, and I've been blessed to be, you know, my glass is not even half full. It's refillable. Absolutely. So it's like that attitude you can almost get anything out of that yeah you know and it, it's the grass is always greener you know and I, and I just tell folks you know sure we've all heard you should have been here yesterday right yeah and uh, and but, it is but that does, I mean people yeah. just got to understand it is yeah. it is hunting you can only control that's the thing I guess as an outfitter you can only control what you can control exactly the hunting part you know the critters you can't Unless it's high fence or something, you can't really control. Yeah, and we, <laughs> or the shooting. Yeah, that's so true we, too. Yeah, we have a guy yeah. that we've been. Uh, we had some folks that bought a uh, package at a dinner, where they got a an elk tag, a antelope tag, and a deer tag on a, a private ranch, right? Uh -huh. And so we went. We shot the elk uh, Saturday before last. Shot a nice three fifty bull. Nice. Uh, there's a lot of deer there, but the tag goes through the end of November. Oh, well, the guy that was shooting the antelope because uh, these three guys went in together and they're all hunting together uh, he's already missed like four really with a gun <laughs> oh wow wow but um so what more can you do right yeah and show them the critters bless they get his heart shot. the guy's having a great time and we have and and the fun that's the thing it's fun yeah i mean myself and my partner steve we're actually you know fun guys to hang out with yeah. you know and and they just like to come and hang out and eat the good food and that stuff and you know, the guy wanted to shoot long range, so we missed a couple long range shots, and now we're like, get a little closer. <laughs> you know, get a little closer, you know. But, uh, but you know, we still keep taking him, you yeah. know. But that's nothing. You don't have control over that. Right. You know? No. You can't. Uh, I can say, you know, the times I've been hunting with you, and I know John's was there, too, on the ranch and stuff. We've always been super pleased with. Mm -hmm. it, the, saw plenty of critters, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and and always had opportunities. So. And, and we don't, the guides that we use, they're good guys. I yeah. mean, you, I mean, they're going to go out, they spot game, they, they can know how to put a play on them. You're going to, your success is going to be, you know, as it well, it should be on private ground, you know. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you got to have it. But we just been blessed to have some properties. And that's growing up in the North State and following the game for, you know, 50 years, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you just kind of learn where you want to be. Yeah. You know, and you know, private private land is obviously a different story, right? I mean, you, you pay for a private land hunt and you expect success. 
Yeah. So we, you know, we really got to deliver, and and the success is pretty high. You know, we're in the high nineties for pigs. Um, hmm. We're a hundred percent on our elk, but we get one tag a year, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes three, like last year. Yeah. Yeah, or three. <laughs> we we that's per ranch. You know, we have different ranches where we go hunting and stuff, and in uh, the low country, it's we're. I mean, it's crazy how many elk are there now. In the oak savannas, you know. Yeah. Right. And I mean, the in. Do uh, they raise the tag? Have they raised the tags much? Uh, the tag fees in quantity California. Or? No, just quantity of tags. So they haven't raised the elk tags in California for. I don't think ever. In fact, uh, should doing, they be? Yeah, they should be. Yeah. They're doing an elk study right now, and uh, I actually had the biologist out one day and brought her out and she's doing the elk study and uh, showed her you know all the elk that were on us and explained to her where these elk come from how many there is the amount of bulls and uh, the northeastern unit is which the one we're in right so it's from red bluff to the oregon border over to uh the nevada border that mm-hmm. whole corner mm-hmm. that's huge that is. that is huge and there's 15 tags gun tags wow 15 gun tags 10 bow tags five cow tags and two apprentice tags which are the youth right wow now is there more than that to shoot there is they need to divide it up is what they need to do right and there's actually elk south of highway 36 that don't get hunted there's no there's no zone oh really and that's how it was in and uh we're our ranches so 2011 was the first time you could hunt those elk huh. and they've been there since 1914 really yeah. 1914 wow yeah, they, brought, they brought them in by rail car from gardner montana <laughs> to a little town called winthrop which is now at the bottom of shasta lake <laughs> really hmm. yeah yeah so they brought them in in 1914 those folks in winthrop they they started hunting them right away they brought in like 35 or 37 elk they started hunting them. They brought them in for food, you know. But then they said, well, if we, if we shoot them all right now, there's going to be no elk. Yeah. So they kind of let them go for a while. And, <coughs> excuse me, if you've ever been to Shasta, like, it's brushy. I have to think in 1914 it was brushy, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they just kind of dispersed in the mountains there. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, in uh, the late 30s and early 40s, they started building Shasta Lake. So then filled it up. That, t- that town went away. Well, the elk were on the other side, on the north side of Shasta Lake. Oh. And then they started filtering <coughs> over to the south. And uh, there never was enough feed in those low oak savannas to support that big of an animal. So the, so the population never really grew. Oh. Well, now, the last two decades, the cow business has got so big, everybody has ag. Mm-hmm. So that's where you find them. Is there's like a 25 or 30 mile radius around uh, Eastern Redding, where those elk live, mm-hmm. and it's they rotate around on the ag. Oh, really? Yep. So and there's probably, I mean, if I had to guess, in our herd, the the low country herd, there's probably between three and four hundred animals. <laughs> now, if you expand it out as far as Bernie, because there's there's elk in places that there never used to be elk, mm-hmm. and you know, the biologist tells me when they get to about 90, 90 head, they split. So it makes sense that they're going to go out and develop herds. 
kind of just look for those silly wolves they put there. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, they yeah, didn't we're running into they that didn't problem, problem there. too, you know. Nobody <laughs> yeah, nobody is immune from that problem. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> but anyways, it's uh California gets shortchanged. Mm-hmm. And you and I talked about it last year. You know, California's the only place that has Tulio. Tulio, yeah. Yeah. So if you're doing your twenty nine, you gotta figure out you better yeah. get in line because yeah. They're selling those Thule elk tags, if you don't draw one, are about 28 to 38 grand. Wow. Jeez. Which you took uh, last year was the, wasn't the first that you know of? Um, as far as I know, it was the first. I, I mean, I did do a lot of research on it, but we did, I called it the California trifecta because yeah. it's, we have all three species, you know, Thule, Roosevelt, and Rockies mm-hmm. in California. And I had a client... Uh, I call him a friend, but he's a client, mm-hmm. retired basketball player. So, you know, he, he was ready to go hunting and he, uh, he bought a tag for all three species. Wow. So in one season, where did he buy? Was that at a raffle type thing or I uh, know they're PLM tags. Oh, the PLM. Tags. So the thing about the PLM tags. Yeah. Maybe explain that a little bit. Yeah. Cause so I mean, private like, land management yeah. is uh, it's a state program. And what you do is you sign up for the state program and they'll give you tags for doing wildlife improvement and uh they're not free or anything you still have to buy them you have to pay to be in the program and uh and then if the tags are available they'll give you like elk tag or deer tag or antelope tag uh, is it only good on that ranch that's only good on that ranch yeah and with if you're on the private land management program you cannot hunt that ranch with a regular deer tag or a regular elk tag Hmm. you you have to exchange your tag for that plm tag. oh Hmm. gotcha yeah and and you can buy it's unlimited how many some people say it's the deer tags they limit but i haven't seen where that's the case but the elk tags you can buy obviously all three Hmm. you know and uh it's kind of a cool deal. So we hunted, you know, like, August. The first week of August, we hunted Roosevelt's on the coast. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're looking at the ocean. Wow. <laughs> and uh, Are they rutting at all? That, that I know that the rut's a little bit different than here. Cause yeah, so they're, the first week of August, they're, you know, they're just scraping off, just okay. starting to hang out with the cows. Um, they're way early, you know, just like the black-tailed deer, way early yeah. on the coast. So the bull we shot, I think it was on the 8th of August, we shot one. Um, he was hard-antlered, uh, 340 bull, which is a good Roosevelt. Heck yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and you actually could see the ocean. <laughs> That's, That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Then we left there and, uh, and went back to a little town called Willits uh, the first week of September for a Thule. Because that's kind of when they're rutting, you know. And uh, we were there for two days and uh, shot a nice a 310 Thule, which, you know, Boone and Crockett for Roosevelt's is 292, and same for Thule's 292. Huh. Um, so he already had two Boone and Crockett, Boone and Crockett animals, you know. Huh. And then we had our elk uh, out of Redding, uh-huh. you know, which uh, we went from the coast or from Willits and we drove over and we hunted our elk in, uh, in Redding. And there was a bull that showed up early there with, you know, we had 38, 45 cows there. So um, was this consecutive days? You just went boom, 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 dot. Yeah. The, we, there was a break between the, uh, the, uh, Roosevelt in August 
and the Thule and the Rocky. Okay. And the Rocky we did last, and we shot uh, the Rocky. We shot was a three eighty five, so Good it was bull. a nice nice bull, yeah. but uh, by himself with all the cows. Yeah. And then, uh, like I showed you those pictures afterwards, we had bulls showed up. That were, that were just, bigger. Yeah. So the first thing I did was I sent that guy the pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so I told you you should have waited. <laughs> but no, it's he's a really hard to, to wait when you got that tag in your pocket and you know you can be honey. Huh? Well, and you know he's a great guy and he he loves his family. Yeah. Even as much as he likes to go hunting, he likes to go back to his family. Yeah. And uh, funny story, the the bull and. Out of Millville is where we hunt, so Red, mm-hmm. the Redding Bull. Uh, he doesn't hunt on Sundays, oh. you know, so kudos to him, you yeah. know. And uh, so I'm, of course, I'm out watching the elk on Sunday. Yeah. And uh, I took all these pictures. Monday, right? and, yeah, I took all these pictures and all this video and stuff, and I called them, and I sent them texts, and I said, hey, that bull's right here next to the road. <laughs> 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 and I said... He, he looks like he'll probably be here tomorrow, but you never know. And, and there was one time that we talked him into shooting a bull out there on a, on a Sunday. Huh. And because this bull was running cows all over and he was going to leave, right? Yeah. And he ended up shooting it and it was like a 397 or something like wow. that. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, but this bull, uh, fortunately, I watched where it went, followed it all day. And then the next morning, I knew where it was going to be. And sure enough, we went out there. It was there. Huh. He made a good shot you know you know and the the nice thing is in fields right yeah it's pretty open sometimes they get into a canyon but usually we can get right to them yeah and we actually uh you know winch them up onto a trailer and take oh. them to a hoist you know get them a hole well, it's, it's kind of nice unheard of but that's not Idaho. you know <laughs> right. that's yeah. those tags are expensive yeah you know? I bet. and i always think that man it's about time for a reset but it's crazy how many people have a lot of money in the hunting industry to spend on wildlife. Well, what we were talking about last night that you said you made one phone call or a couple phone calls and had two people yeah, interested ready to in pay that. hundred grand for a deer. Yeah, hundred grand <laughs> you know? for a deer. And uh, I, I mean, I'm not complaining about it, and I never will because to me, it's like one person, one animal. That's a lot of money, but as long as a good portion of it goes back into wildlife and right. conservation. Yeah. I mean, you and I talked. I mean, if my pocket was full of money and there was no, you know, endless money, I'd do the same thing. Yeah. I'd be right there next to him. Yeah. In fact, I'd be bidding against him on I, that tag. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I've always said that too. I know people kind of say, you know, it can be a money game and whatever. And to get some of them premium tags, I mean, it, it does cost, unfortunately. But don't bash it. If you wouldn't do it, and you could sit there till you're blue oh. in the face, say, I, I'd never do that, I'd never do that. Well, yeah, you would. Yeah. Well, and it's not just the tag. Those guys are paying an outfitter. Yeah. They're, they're going to a town, they're buying gear, yeah. they're staying in a hotel. And, and truly, who, us as regular hunters, are we targeting the best animal? Sure, we are. But are we ever going to shoot that elk that some other guy? you know has been watching for three or four months probably not yeah. you know we're just going to go hunting where there's no folks and we're going to shoot a good ma- mature animal mm-hmm. you know and we don't need a guy that's to pay a guy 10 or 15 or twenty thousand dollars or whatever to go find an elk for us right, right, right. or whatever but animal. there's but there's people that you know also time thing you know i mean they yeah. they don't have the time to go back and forth they live in another state or whatever so i mean i i see the whole point on on 
using a yeah. guide too. You and know, I mean, so. I don't know. Some, I mean, I've been, I guess, really headlong into a few things that you, I don't want to call it an addiction, but it's things that you like to do and you, you just have fun doing it. So you just, you're in it yeah, and you just do it, you know, and these guys are probably that way with these animals that they yeah. buy, you know? Well, you're kind of there with turkeys, right? <laughs> Let's not talk. So turkeys, yeah. If you're a turkey nut, you're a turkey nut. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trying to get to the world and, slam know, in a year. You know, and, you know, the biggest turkey nut in the world is Hart, right? Oh yeah. 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 yeah he's a. That guy is a. He's a, a barrel of laughs. That's yeah. for sure. And man, talk about a good dude. And I think he's got like four or five slams or something. You know? Wow. And he's working on his. Uh, he's now figuring out what he's going to do on a uh, another. Uh, super slam which is 49 states right oh okay. you know the super slam is shooting a turkey in 49 states because there's none available in alaska yeah they, yeah. they, they haven't figured out how to make them live there yet <laughs> <laughs> keep them alive but, but uh but no i've uh, you know it's uh you just you you find something that you like and you know it's i think we're all the same we, we just devote all of our extra time to it to uh to succeed yeah you know and that's just how some people are built right you know we're no quitters right <laughs> was it was it last year you did the world slam um not last year it was 2021 um did a single season world slam yeah and uh which is maybe yeah which that is to... six so you have and uh they they have the uh slam or slam grand slam and uh or world, world slam, slam. And so the slam is just um, North America, so or or U.S. I should say the yeah. U.S. slam, which is Rios, Miriams, uh, Easterns, and Osceolas. And then we do have Goulds yeah. in Arizona, Arizona, and a little bit in New Mexico, but they don't count that as one of those. So that's uh, they, they count that as a North American slam. So you get five, and then you have the World Slam, which you add in. Uh, Goulds and the oscillated, mm. which the oscillated is only available in Central America, right? Right. And uh, so, yeah, we did that, and it's uh, man, it was uh, in five weeks. We did it in five wow. Weeks, wow. Five over five weeks, and it was uh, you know, California. I think California did your Rios. You know what? I don't think I did. I think I shot my uh, Rio in uh, Hawaii. We went to oh. Hawaii for the 49 birds, you know, 49. Oh, yeah. So we went to uh, Hawaii earlier in March, and uh, we <laughs> went to Florida, shot the Osceola. Then after that, we went to Hawaii, shot the Rio, um, and then went to uh, Alabama and Tennessee for the Easterns, and then uh, came back and went to uh, Washington for Merriam's, huh. you know, and then went back to... Uh, you know, the, os the oscillated we did in February. It's early. So you go to oh, uh, is it? Campeche, yeah, down in the uh, Yucatan. Yeah. Mm. And uh, so that was fun. And it's early. There's nothing else going on in February, yeah, yeah. right? A few shows, yeah. that's about it. And then we went back to Mexico and uh, for the ghouls. And, and uh, <laughs> yeah, you know the story on that one. You need to so, tell that story. Yeah, <laughs> so if you... If you think it's safe in Mexico, you need to think again. Because, <laughs> uh -oh. yeah, we actually were uh, robbed by the cartel while we were there. Oh. I, know. I mean, at uh, American 
assault weapon gunpoint. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we were driving back after after harvesting our turkeys. But the gut, the outfit. I remember you saying just maybe reiterate how it, it's not like it happens every time. But the guy, how long have you been in business? Thirty years. So both the turkey outfitter we went with and the outfitter that I use, who he, he kind of brokers a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And I've been going with him for. I mean, I've been there six or seven times for turkeys, and I mean, Steve goes, he's been going for 25, 30 years for mule deer, <laughs> and never had a problem, you know, <laughs> but we had a problem that day, <laughs> just driving down the road, the highway, on our way back to Hermosillo to fly home, and uh, this truck just comes around us on the side and diagonals us right in the road. Didn't and, you pass him earlier, you said? Yeah, we passed him earlier, and he waved us by, and then... All of a sudden comes up diagonals and i thought heck the guy just made somebody mad right well out comes three machachos with assault weapons and i mean they were on the truck pretty fast and uh you know what do you do they're all speaking spanish you know and i'm not very versed in spanish but i could tell that our guy that was running the hunt for us was like the word americano came up a lot mm, boy. <laughs> yeah so uh but the way it ended, they let us keep all of our gear. I mean, the whole pickup was full of gear. Guns, camera gear, everything. And, you know, I had cash in my pocket, just like always. And, and uh, But then the, the most harrowing part is when they had us put all of our gear on the side of the road, white line on the fog line, and then they said, turn around with your hands up. Mm. And you're looking into the ditch on the side of the road. And I mean, potentially your grave. Yeah, this or, yeah, a lot of stuff went through your head at that time. But yeah. then all of a sudden, they just jumped in the truck and left. All they wanted was the truck. Oh, they just stole the truck. They just stole the truck. Wow. And it was a nice 2021 Silverado, you know. Yeah. And uh, I but guess man, I, I mean, it's it's to me when you you know you told me that they let you take all your gear, didn't ask for your cash or anything. It's like, well, the? we were in the middle of the highway. It was in the Sierra Madre Mountains. There wasn't a lot of traffic, but there was definitely traffic. Huh. I mean, we ended up getting a ride to the next town, which was an hour and a half away. Wow. But, uh, but no, there was traffic, and that's probably why they were in a hurry, you know. Because, huh. uh, you know, I think in, in Mexico it's probably worse than in America that people are like, it's none of my business, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get involved. We need, we need more and more of that general public to get involved you, uh-huh. you see all this silly stuff where people are getting beat up or something and, like and all they're doing is videotaping it yeah because they want it to go that, viral instead of going and helping right yeah. <laughs> the, that's what kills me is and segueing back to wildlife you see like the other day i watched something i don't know if it was on youtube or instagram i think it was on instagram and it showed a, a mountain lion chasing an elk herd right and this mountain lion was chasing a calf. It separated the calf, and the calf was running back and forth. The calf ran and uh, got tangled in the fence. The mountain lion obviously caught it, you know, and grabbed it and was dragging it off. And then the the video ended with the mountain lion. Someone was doing a hero shot with the mountain lion. So did he kill the mountain lion after he let it kill the calf? Or, hmm. you know, I don't know about you. I, I don't care if I had a gun or not, but if I saw a predator... Uh, going after uh, some wildlife, I'd pick up a rock or whatever, something, you know, yeah. something to deter it. You yeah. know, it's just, that's the conservation in us, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, 
which is crazy here. We're trying to save all these critters. And, so we can go shoot them later. So we can go shoot them later. <laughs> Someone would think that's kind of bad, but <laughs> but it's not, you know. It's a, it's just the conservation. The, well, even yeah, like you're telling the story about, well, that picture you showed me with that calf you found that was... Yeah, the coyote had it pinned down, yeah. you know, and I thought it was dead and ended up alive, took it home, and uh, the story didn't end well because it's a calf elk, and who's going to take care of it, right? Yeah. Um, the fish and wildlife ended up uh, euthanizing it, yeah. but at least, you know, and that goes to the mortality rate of wildlife. Right. You're, you're the 40%, you're the 40%. Yeah. You know, you're going you're gonna to lose somewhere yeah. no matter what, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, you know, we got to, as conservationists and not, you know, hunter conservationists, right? There's, uh, there's, there's no taking away that we're out there to harvest them, you know. Right. But we want it to, conservation wants us to prolong it. So we have to do everything we can to, you know, help out, further the species. If you see something wrong, you know, or somebody doing something wrong, yeah. you just raise a flag. You don't need to... I mean, everybody's it, like, it leaves a bad taste for everybody when people do this bad stuff. Oh, you know? we don't. Yeah, there. You don't need any with digital content now and social media. Nobody needs any help figuring out how to uh, really throw a bad twist on what we do. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's for sure. So, but it's uh, yeah, we just need to do our part to keep it going. I don't know about you guys, but. I'm I'm looking to be more seasoned. <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Hopefully we all are. Yeah, no, it's uh, I I don't know. We could go on forever. I know you've had a lot of good stories and you guys your hunt you did this week with antelope and uh I just love being out in the woods, you yeah. know. And it's not all about sometimes I just go out there and I'm out there to hunt, but I'll just sit down on a hillside mm-hmm. and just oh, yeah. hang out and just watch what goes on. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I kind of learned that, you know, don't push it, right? Yeah. I mean, like, we all think we can, uh, you know, oh, gosh, dang, there's nothing here. I better get over that ridge, you know. We want to keep going and going and going and find out where that honey hole is, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of times you sit there, and you might just be relaxing for a little bit, having some lunch or something like that, and then all of a sudden stuff just starts appearing. It does. Isn't that funny? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I remember being younger, you just go, 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 and then you don't realize if you just sit. Yeah, sit and wait. How much stuff can happen. It's just crazy. Yeah, Yeah, you know, people just, sometimes they'll just talk about how many miles they put on, and and that's probably one of the first things I think of is, I wonder how much stuff you passed. Right. Because you didn't stop and relax, exactly. And just watch things and let things happen. And yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy how that works. So, what the uh, uh, the old Indians used to say: uh, "Walk little, look lot." Yeah, <laughs> so true. Exactly. Yeah, with yeah. the exception of shed hunting, you got to put on a lot of miles. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. Good binoculars, right? Exactly. Well, yeah, because yeah, they don't move. Yeah, they do not move. <laughs> but now the white sheds don't count. Remember that. I know. <laughs> I told you the story behind that one there. Yeah, no. That was a race with my son. So. Uh, yeah, that's, it's crazy how you'll see a shed across the canyon, and you're like, gosh, that's a long ways as you're walking to it. Right. <laughs> Never deters you. Yeah. No yeah, matter how went, wide it went is. Went deer yeah. hunting and found uh, 10 sheds. <laughs> exactly. Well, heck, John I, got out there a little early antelope hunting and went shed hunting. I on. did, yeah. I, I just, same thing, just love being out there, you know, and, and that 
part of the desert i just i absolutely love it it's it's awesome but anyway i went out two days before the season opened and just so i could go walk around and look nice. for sheds and <laughs> had one of my best days all year actually <laughs> i know well you did yeah yeah that's i, I kind of don't do it enough and i i have some private ground where the deer winter and i should be in there more you know yeah how are the blacktails doing in california uh depends on where you are <laughs> yeah so our our western herd is really doing poor um the private land stuff that we have we do a really good job of managing it mm -hmm. so and those deer even though they leave some of them leave we have our local herd and we have migrating so that's uh you know most of the deer herds in california are migrating mm-hmm but the public land stuff, unfortunately, the fish and wildlife, just uh, whether their hands are tied or not, I think as a biologist, I mean, you don't purposely not manage wildlife. Right. I think it's just the agenda or the the the, the way the system works. You know? Right. So a lot of it's predators, too, the lack of predator control, correct? It is. I it think is. that's a big thing in California, isn't it? It's huge. You, you know, they took hound hunting away for bears in California. Yeah. Yep. So we... You know, when they had hound hunting, the quota was 1,700 bears. And we don't have a spring season. It's just fall. And so between, uh, you know, literally sept the middle of September to the end of December, we would harvest 1,700 bears. <laughs> you know, and it always went over. It always ended up somewhere around 1,750 to 1,825 or something just like that. Just because people hadn't turned well, them in yet? Yeah, they hadn't turned them in yet by yeah. the time the season ended yeah. you know because they shut it off they just shut it down like mountain yeah. lion here yeah. Probably, yeah yep they just shut it off when they have the quota now the first the first year that they stopped hound hunting they opened the season up earlier so you could hunt them during deer season oh so the first season we didn't have hound hunting they filled the quota oh but that's because it was all the guys that just happened along a bear while they were deer hunting and yeah. shot it yeah and as you guys know once you shoot a bear you figure out it's a little bit of work uh, yeah. yeah so these deer hunters didn't need to shoot another bear uh, after that so right. they haven't filled the quota since. true seriously no it's usually about 1100 to uh, mm. anywhere from 900 to 1300 and they still were breeding they didn't stop yeah. breeding and so, so if you, you think know, about it so there's that's basically six or seven hundred bears that aren't getting harvested even if 50 percent of them were sows that have two cubs on a good year even if they have only one go ahead and start adding that up yeah. every year and the and it's just the way that the uh capacity works mm -hmm. it's growing there's so many bears right you now. you see so much more than you used to right oh you see them all and mountain lions too huh. you know we haven't hunted mountain lions in california since 1972 and they shoot more now on depredation right than when they sport hunted them with knowing paying for it, paying to shoot them right. instead of getting paid to shoot them. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Yeah, my uncle did that in Quartz Valley there, and he has yeah. a ranch there, and he had hounds when we were younger, and and when they shut the mountain lion seasons down, then they would pay him to go. Yeah. To go. Yeah, kill I'd, the mountains. I'd be willing to bet if, uh, knock on wood, if it ever happens where they open mountain lion hunting in California, that there'll be a record mountain lion come out of there. I'm sure. I'm there. Yeah. Giants and now, you know uh, the Dying vicious of cycle <laughs> of wolves. Yeah. So. Yeah, add that to the mix. Yeah, add wolves to it, and then they. Uh, so they took away the bobcat season as well. Really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So so we were harvesting annually about 350 to 360 bobcats, right? So the environmentalists figure out what to target, right? So they 
they targeted bobcats, so which this doesn't make sense to me. It should go both ways, right? So they don't have to prove that there's not enough bobcats, but the Fish and Wildlife has to do a study and prove that there is enough bobcats. So why wouldn't the environmentalists have to bring to the table something that says, right. no, this study says there's only this many bobcats. Mm -hmm. Even if it was fake, they'd have to do some work to do it, and you'd probably keep them out of court. Mm -hmm. But there's plenty. I used to, you know, just doing ranch chores, you get five bobcats, five tags, right? So just doing ranch chores, I would fill my tags every year. Really? Not even hunting them. Wow. Just running across them. And now you see them, and they're not even bothered. Hmm. And they'll they'll take down a deer. Oh yeah, they yeah. will take they'll down take a deer. They're heck on baby pigs yeah. and quail and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Turkeys. Yeah. But that vicious predator cycle it never ends because you get say you have a mountain lion that needs to you know maybe does a deer a week you know let's use that as an example so he kills a deer on Tuesday they eat the organs or whatever buries it mm -hmm. he's going to come back on wednesday or thursday and have another meal well he comes back on wednesday the bears coyotes have already been in there and eaten it so he has to go kill again yeah so now he's killing two sometimes three deer a week instead of one mm -hmm. that makes sense i never thought about it like yeah, that cause yeah because the population of bears yeah. is going up so oh, yeah. they're gonna and the eat. bears the the population of bears is reaching a uh, mature age that they figure out how to hunt for fawns. Well, yeah, uh, they follow the herds around. I yeah. feel like the, uh, any of the ungulates, and and uh, yeah, they'll just as they drop, they're eating those fawns. Oh, they're right yeah. there. Yeah, and I've seen them in the wilderness where they're just graph off a hill, back and forth, just looking for a fawn. Mm -hmm. and, and you see the baby hooves in their poop every once in a while, and right? Stuff and you just, but uh, the older bears then teach the younger bears how to do the same thing so it's starting to be hereditary and right. the same practice that's interesting and it's just intensified by and i don't think people, i don't think people realize how many bears there are out there we've talked about this before because we get to bait here obviously and you put a trail camera out there's a lot of bears out there yeah, yeah, in the small areas like holy cow and, you, and if you give them a reason to be there they're gonna be there 100 percent. yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're they're real uh you know they they take the path of least resistance mm -hmm. sure you know, opportunistic yeah and i mean it's the same way in in uh california even though you can't bait you can't even use attractants there you know? really yeah hmm. so in theory in california if you put say deer scent uh out on a tree or something or a wick or something like that mm -hmm. it, it, the, there's a gray area in the regulations that that th in theory is illegal because really? it's considered an attractant. Oh. They use the word attractant, not bait. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it gives them this broad, you know, decision-making process that if, they, if they're going to find something on you, they're going to find something on you. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember one year adding water to a trough to take a, a youth hunter out because I was a little concerned the water wouldn't be there by the time opening day came up. So we packed a couple ice chests full of water, just enough to get some out there, you know, because we wanted him to be able to get one. And fishing game showed up, and I mean, we about got a ticket. Oh, hunting over water. Yeah, they no, they called it baiting. Oh, because you put water where there wasn't. Yeah, well, there was water there already. You just added to. We it. just added to it. Yeah. Gosh. And and yeah, I didn't even really think about it like that. I'm thinking, man, I I wouldn't never really thought about that as baiting, but. Because there was already water there. And I think that's probably what saved us, you know. Because there was already there. Yeah. 
yeah and i said well she that person said uh that officer says just hunt it just let him hunt it and then you guys don't come back yeah yeah and that's uh same thing and there's some other stuff in in california like that if you read the regulations if you were to interpret it as they wrote it um you can't hunt over water really a pond yeah if you interpret it the way they they write it but then there's some in like antelope where they say you know you can only spend so many hours over the water hole really yeah. <laughs> how do they how do they manage that <laughs> i don't hey, it's semantics and how they write it you know? wow they got, you know, they got, um, geez, I'd have been in trouble this year. Yeah. <laughs> how many, Everybody yeah, would. Who doesn't, how could you bow hunt animal, uh, antelope not on water, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> you know, spot and stock, you get one, lucky once in a while. Yeah. And yeah. It takes, you know, what, one in 10 maybe. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. the water's the way to do it. You know, it's, uh, I think that in, unfortunately in California, they write the legislation to try to keep you from hunting instead of give you it does seem that way doesn't yeah, it i agree to, to give you a, a reason to go hunting mm -hmm. you know so even though it generates a lot of money for uh, well and it goes <laughs> what, what is the do you have an idea what the amount of hunters there is in california no i saw it the other day and it had gone down or something but i mean it's probably still five or ten times more than any other state just because of our population right, All right. true you know, heck, I mean, I don't know how many million people we have in California, but but yeah, and probably a lot of those may just be duck hunters or whatever too. Yeah, there's duck hunters, bird hunters, big game hunters. But I, you know, it's it it does show it in decline, which I often wonder because I see a lot of young guys coming up that want to hunt and new guys and mm -hmm. gals. You know, a lot of gals are getting into it. Um, I wonder if it's fabricated to kind of make people think it's not the, not a good sport to get into. You right, know? it's true. Yeah, I'm sure some of that comes. Yeah, you got to really watch out. We're, I mean, there's a we got a target on our back no matter where for we're sure. going. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, thank goodness for the you know the conservation uh, entities you know like RMEF and Mule Deer mm -hmm. Foundation and you know being able to work with different uh, government agencies now mm -hmm. and, and actual doing improvements that help yeah you know like fencing uh taking down bad fencing on migration corridors and that kind of stuff or making uh walkovers or something like that yeah mm -hmm. i and just i, I get uh, so sad when i see animals on the side of the road you know especially the you know in late june and july the brand new fawns yeah mm -hmm. you know they had they lived for three or four weeks you know mm -hmm. and someone ran them over yeah and i'm like so you can't see a deer in the middle of the road. What if it was a person? Right. You run the person over? Exactly. You know? <laughs> and I actually, uh, I talked to one of my buddies that's a CHP guy about this, and he actually said, it's really funny. He says, uh, uh, when they run over a person, people usually back up over them <laughs> again. Really? Yeah. How are you serious? To go back and see what happened? I guess. I don't <laughs> oh, wow. know, but he said it's crazy. He says the animals, they don't even see them. Huh. You know, kind of like the motorcycle rider, right? Yeah. Yeah, they don't see them. Yeah. Huh. But, yeah, there's to me, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've run over deer before, but I say I've missed way more than I've hit. Yeah. Right. You know, I think in all the mountain driving I've done, the hundreds of thousands of miles, I've only run over, uh, hit three deer. Yeah. You know? 
I haven't hit many either, but the ones that I have run out. Yeah, they you know, they're I have one hit me on the there. door. Yeah, I mean it yeah. ran in, ran into me. Yeah, but I've hit I've hit one other one is all. But yeah, but yeah. I've never had them standing in the road and not be able to swerve or stop. Right, right. You know, it's right. the ones that jet out of the bushes. Yep, and you have no reaction time. Right. Yeah, which I guess if that's what's happening with people, but you got to pay attention when you're driving. Man. Yeah. Stay off your damn phone. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's a bad one. I'm I'm kind of guilty of that on occasion with the windshield time. Yeah, uh, in certain areas I've just yeah, certain areas you just yeah 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 that's good. But but yeah. So, anyways, back to turkey hunting. What do you got planned for the spring? Um, well, I'll 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 usually try to make my trip to California. Nice. Just cause it starts early and it's nice time to get away and yeah, I uh, like that. Yeah, I help a lot of people in uh, California, um, Oregon, and Washington. We got to get John out there, Turkey. And I, yeah. I think maybe he's afraid to go because he might be a dick. Get addicted to it because it's just another addiction you probably don't need. But uh, it's true. Easy to get addicted. It but, is. But yeah. you guys have you know really good turkey hunting in Idaho. So. Yeah, and I don't hunt turkeys enough here. I mean, I seems like I go over there, but then I usually try to hunt hogs and stuff. And yeah. you know, this year or this next year, I should say. Everything goes right. We're going to head to Florida and uh, with Tussie try to get Osceola because that's all I yeah. lack for my slam. Yeah, my I'd, go, slam. I'd go every year if I could, but yeah. you know, and maybe get a gator. Yeah, I don't know about the gator. I'm not like I told you. I'm not too interested in a gator, but it's pretty cool. You know, I've been out on a number of those gator hunts. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. I just figured if I'm there, it's not if, since I won't be going back every year. I have a wallet and some boots. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, I'm I'm trying to do uh, like I said this uh, super slam, which is all 49 states. And uh, are you gonna? You're continuing that quest then? Yeah, I'm continuing, but and I never really thought about it. I mean, for about probably. Gosh, I think 15 years I've been helping guys out get their California bird. And I actually have some uh, a guy I work with in Nevada that we have some landowner turkey tags in Nevada. And that's really the only way to get a turkey tag in Nevada. Yeah. Um, they have some uh, uh, refuges or management areas, but very limited. And uh, they're Didn't you turkey hunt out there last year? Did you, uh, have you been out there not yet? Not last year. We So the spot we have about 10 years ago they had 400 birds there and now there's like 50 oh, you know really? and they moved back and forth and that something happened with the turkeys over there they moved off or whatever or got killed and so they closed the turkey season for private land uh-huh. in, uh, in this county you know in this area uh-huh. and they did it again in 2024 oh wow so i thought guys, for some reason i thought it must not have been you that had come out turkey hunting and yeah. I, uh, now, the year before, I think four years ago, I shot my Nevada bird. So, okay. So I'm glad I shot it early. Yeah. And got it out of the Are way. they Rios? Yeah, they're Rios. But that's going to be the booger. That's going to be the hard one to get. The Rio? No, the Nevada. For, oh, If the you're Nevada. doing the 49. Oh, yeah, gotcha. Because really, the only place right now that has any population of turkeys that uh, are huntable is Paradise Valley. Really? And the guy that runs that there, he's kind of oversold it. Um, for five years, he's booked out. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So if they don't have any, uh, you know, population growth, could get pretty rough. Huh. So hopefully the state will step in and do something. I mean, they planted them before. Yeah. So they should plant them again. Yeah. And but actually manage them instead of yeah. they gave out too many tags. So right. it it seems like Rio's 
is there a reason why it seems like when they get transplanted, when turkeys get transplanted in a new area, it seems like more times than not it's Rio's. Is there a reason? I think it's just because of the most readily available. Okay. Yeah. They're not the hardiest, you know, but they uh, they do pretty well. Yeah, like I would have to imagine the birds here in Idaho are from California originally. Could be, yeah. Like I know everything Oregon. pretty much south in the South Hills that we have, they're all Rio's. From yeah. Up north, they have Easterns, Rio's, and Marion's, so then you get a lot of yeah. bastard ones that are just a mix. Yeah, I know but most of the birds in Oregon are from California. They are tra they? trapped them and moved them. And I think it was like in the early 70s, late 60s, they were did, doing turkey stuff in California. And the uh, the ones you got in Washington are good, Marians. really good Marion's? Washington actually is another state that has all three. Really? So they have Easterns, they have Miriam's and Rio's. Huh. Um, but if you hunt Easterns in Washington, man, it's hard. Is it? Oh, they're on the coast. Oh. Yeah. If you can imagine uh, trying to hunt wet turkeys every day. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. And there's not very many of them. Huh. You know, and this is kind of, you know, I talk to, you know, I hunt with the guys back east a lot. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you go to, like, in Mississippi or Missouri or Alabama, for instance, the guys say, oh, yeah, we've got quite a few turkeys. And you see a flock of turkeys, and it's like two toms, a jake, and three hens. Hmm. I'm like, that's a lot of turkeys. <laughs> and I show them a picture that has like 190 turkeys. Yeah. You know, because our winter flocks are a couple hundred birds, yeah. you know. And uh, there's just that many more birds in the West. Huh. And uh, But that's why they want to come. You know, a lot of guys are coming West to hunt turkeys, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, which that's great. You know, we like having more people having fun, but just don't shoot all of them. <laughs> yeah, really. You know, we're, you know, if, and they know by experience that, because in the East they're having some problems with turkeys in certain areas. And you know, they're, they're at least ahead of the ball and trying to do some studies to figure out why you know and repopulate but i mean just like anything else if uh if there was a population problem with anything the first thing i would do is stop shooting the girls true mm -hmm. yeah that's the first thing you do. yeah they finally I mean, figured that out in the south hills with deer yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah a few places this last year and this year that they take taken some of the doe hunts which nothing yeah. against it you know i mean i know people really want to get some meat and whatnot but but um if they're not they, there they're not they're there not, yeah i mean the management part is yeah i was talking to a guy yesterday on the way up about over here in 67 uh -huh. and he says the elk herd is just horrible over there mm -hmm. right now hmm. and uh there's the cows he said the cows are all gone yeah and uh i mean if you don't have cows bulls can't breed anything yeah. and he said that the there's a few more cows in 66 but they're not really coming across into 67, mm. you know, so it's not a big enough herd yet. Yeah. But he said they did uh, get rid of the cow hunt, the gun cow hunt. Yeah, they got rid of a few here, too, in Idaho, which I yeah. think the bad thing is it's going to take some years to actually see the... Yeah, and, you and know. what they need to do is with the bow and arrow even, instead of it being a hair tag, they need to make it like a, a spike up tag. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's going to keep you from... Because, I mean, I've none of us target a cow but you know yeah. if you get on day eight or nine and you want some elk meat and you, and it's in your tag that you can shoot a cow yeah. you're probably going to you know i have i haven't yeah nothing against people that do it all yeah. but i just i've shot one one cow in all my existence and uh not saying i never would and but i just haven't yet and <laughs> a couple spikes you know but it's just uh, 
elk meat, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm, uh, I'd have a hard time shooting a cow. I just figure that there's enough being killed by people that you don't need help. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even antelope, as much as I love antelope yeah. meat, yeah. I don't know if I could go out, you know, you hear about guys going to Wyoming and, uh, you know, they shoot, they get a, um, buck three three doe doe tag or... and then you buy like, three doe tags. Yeah. Like, Gosh dang. I, I mean, I like antelope meat. Mm-hmm. You don't really need to shoot that many, you know, mm-hmm. I shot, I did shoot a doe antelope one time and I, I, um, uh, I was plan I was planning on nothing like a week or whatever. And I got sick, really sick. Did you? Yeah. And it was like day four and I was just like, I wanted that whole thing over yeah, and get home. Uh, and I didn't want to have to go back, so mm-hmm. I shot a doe. But, of course, a buck came in right after that. Yeah. <laughs> That's how that works. Yeah. yeah. The pigs are what's really bad. And I, we, we try to shoot boars only. And yeah. Some, the pigs in California are so prolific, nobody cares, right? Right. Yeah. But I can look at them, and there's certain times. They're always bred. Yeah. There's certain times That's true. of the year. And, I mean, I've opened them up and had a pile of babies from roll out. Mm. Who wants that? Yeah. Yes. Right. Even for the hunter. Right. You, know, you don't, you know. That's like true. Sometimes we'll, I had a guy make a mistake one time and uh, shot a big old sow. And uh, I'm like, geez, that thing's, that thing's loaded, man. So I said, hey, go check, go over there for a little while, you know, because I didn't want him to see that, you know, you really didn't kill one pig, you killed 16. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, hmm. you know, and to some people that, that doesn't really matter. And, and that's, you know, whatever. But, yeah, you know it should matter. Yeah. I, you know, I've hunted um, hogs primarily in California. I went to Texas one time, and I, I actually was after other things. But um, one thing I like about it there is that, um, well, you're not hunting over a feed or anything. But um, even though it's private land, it doesn't mean they're going to be there from day to day. You no. know, you could go out there one day and see just a couple and the next day see a pile of them it just yeah. they move around so sure much sure it's fun though if anything was built for archery hunting them pigs were huh? oh man yeah yeah that's a blast but uh like that big boar you shot when you came with us yeah you really only need one yeah <laughs> i see you have a couple over there <laughs> well, that's, really him. that's him in the middle yeah but i actually took um the the skulls there you could see it right above the horn from the buffalo there yeah. um I had its mouth replicated. Oh, gotcha. To put in the mount. So then oh, that was go. actually Eric's idea. Yeah. And and so there's a guy here, local guy that used to do repco horns and stuff and I had him do that. So then for one thing they won't crack. Oh, gotcha. But then also I could keep the European, you know, That's part of cool. Yeah, they're a real good conversation piece. Yeah. Just the European. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. people look at those and think how ugly, you know. He's not very handsome with a split ear and all that. <laughs> yeah, he's a rough one. But, yeah, I had a, uh, I think I shot one with my bow many years ago. It was like three and an eighth tusks. Wow. And uh, I put that one on the wall. Yeah. You know? And uh, I had one on the wall forever. And when I, uh, when we sold our business, I brought it home. And I put it on the wall, and my wife didn't like that. <laughs> Where's it at now? Uh, it's at my wife's cousin's. That's it? <laughs> yeah, he's got a great place, kind of like this, high ceilings, yeah. a lot of room. 
So, uh, like when I trade stuff out, because I don't have a lot of room in my house. I have a dude room, kind of like this, but it's smaller, have a nice bar and stuff, uh -huh. uh, but low ceilings. So I have a few of the nicer animals in there uh -huh. and uh, rotate them out once in a while. So then if he wants to put them on display at his house, he can have them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. My wife let me, uh, that one big black tail I shot, the 198 and four. Yeah. Uh, my wife let me put that one in the front room. She said, oh, you know what? That's pretty nice. It's on a pedestal. It was, it was art, right? You yeah. know, Eric did that one. Uh -huh. um, she says, you can put that in the front room. And it was like, well, it lasted about two weeks. Did it? Oh. <laughs> and I don't like it in here. <laughs> so, that was a dandy blacktail. Yeah. And I don't mind, like, putting them on loan to different stores and stuff. Yeah. Because you know? mm -hmm. I think that uh, if we shoot exceptional animals, they should be displayed. Yeah. You know, for other people to see. Yeah. You know, this is what happens if you manage stuff. Yeah, right. This True. is the capability of the species. So, yeah. and um, hmm. I have like, gosh dang, I don't even know how many critters at different taxidermy shops. Do you? Yeah, I have a, a turkey I shot in Illinois. It's in my buddy's farm farmhouse in Iowa. Oh. <laughs> I just need to figure out how to get home. <laughs> and uh, most of the stuff, though, I'll just send the skin home, have my guy do it. Yeah, yeah. Turkeys. Yeah. And then uh, we have a couple local taxidermists that are pretty good. Yeah. It's actually, I I haven't had a bad experience like some people with a taxidermist. Yeah. You know, the, the worst experience I've had is just taking too long. Yeah. yeah. You know, not like some of these guys you hear about, oh, I got the wrong hide or I got, yeah. this isn't even my animal, that kind of stuff. You yeah. Know? And, yeah, those are bad horror stories because... So each critter is so unique. Yeah. That. Uh, Although I, I, I say that, and then I have this guy in uh, <laughs> this taxidermist back east that has two of my or one of my turkey skins and two of my buddy Ted's turkey skins that he's had for since 2021. Oh. And all I want is the skins. To oh, really? Send back, you know. So I'll have my guy mount them here. Yeah. But. Uh, that guy is like, he's got a good reputation, but they all, seems like somewhere along the way they all get in trouble. Yeah. You know, as far as when I say trouble, uh, business trouble, yeah. where they just get behind. Yeah. And that's, this guy here won't even call back or nothing. Uh -huh. and, yeah, and I would imagine if it's in the freezer, it's going to get freezer burn after. Yeah, I don't know how long time. those turkey hides last. As thin as they are. Yeah, you would you think. Would think you would. But heck, I just want to get it back here and get it started. Because that's a Goulds. Oh. Um, or not a Goulds, I'm sorry. It's an Osceola from Mike. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, we'll have to get John out there to maybe out to your place. Yeah, coming mm. out. And don't tell anybody, but California is probably the best uh, opportunity for turkeys as far as financially in the is country. It? Yeah. yeah, you just buy a two-day bird license. Oh. Huh. And it covers turkeys. You huh. get one a day. Oh. Yeah, and it's like $63. I think, yeah, I know it's pretty cheap. Bucks. I usually just buy my regular hunting license because I'm going to put in for Thule elk. And yeah, and anyway. if you have your regular hunting license, it covers turkey. You just need yeah. an upland stamp is all. Yeah. Mm. I think it's up to 15 bucks now. Yeah. It used to be 8 or something. But but no, it's uh, and there's plenty of turkeys, but just like everything else, it's it's hunting. You know, you got to time it out. To, yeah. You know, and I'm not into hunting turkeys if they're not talking. 
Yeah. You know, I don't like some of these guys can sit in one place for a, a day and wait for a turkey to walk by. Right. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, the when I those birds in Washington, I went up and hunted those because I was trying to shoot an eastern up there. Mm-hmm. And I ran into a guy up there that had he's got like 13 or 14 years that he's shot all three of his turkeys in Washington. Really? I mean, like you get a special uh, certificate if you shoot all three every year huh. in Washington. And uh, he lives there, and he goes turkey hunting a lot. But I was talking to him, and, and I'm like, I had found some turkeys. And I'm like, well, how do you usually hunt these things? And he goes, well, I'll, I'll get set up down here, and uh, I'll just yelp every every once in a while and just wait for them to, like, get in between their feeding and wherever they're going in the trees to, you know, to uh, shade up for the day. No. And uh, I said, oh, okay, so, well, what do you call like every half hour? He said, about a half hour, 45 minutes. And I said, well, how long do you sit there? He says, mm, six or seven hours. I said, whoa, you'll sit six or seven hours for a turkey that's not making any noise? I'm out. <laughs> I don't even know they're there. I won't sit that long for a deer. <laughs> but uh, but no, if they're not talking, it's like, no, it's really not that much fun. Because if, if you're just waiting for them, and they're not playing the game. It's it's just about killing. Yeah. You know? So what what all uh, you got left this fall? You said. Uh, so this trip, I'm on my way to a moose hunt in moose Saskatchewan. Hunt. Uh, that should be a good time. We're actually we're uh, going straight to the dock on Saturday, and they're float planing us into a lake that hasn't been hunted in a couple years. Nice. Um, for bigger moose, that should be good and real good fishing on these lakes up hmm. there. I'm looking forward to catching some. I guess I have northern pike and walleyes. Nice. And everyone I talk to, they say these walleyes are. If you eat walleyes, you won't eat anything. Yeah. Else. Walleyes is yeah. I've unfortunately have never fished for walleye. I haven't I've, either. I've have, I haven't have given to here. me. Pardon me. We, we have, have them all over here. Yeah. Yeah, but, and we have them all over here. And I've been invited countless times and just haven't went. But man, that's. One yeah, of my favorites by far. Yeah. Yeah, I'll come back from there and then I got to take the guy. Uh, end of the month, I got to take the guy antelope hunting uh-huh. and hope he's shooting straight. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he that will. guy. Yeah. He, he's a good guy. He'll, he'll hit one if we put one in front of him. Um, because that season ends the 30th of the, month, the okay. end of the month. And then we have, uh, for myself, you know, I'll deer hunt locally. You know, with my grandson and a few other people. Uh, then off to Colorado. Colorado, yeah. Um, and then back to uh, California for mule deer. And then, I mean, You're probably all done with elk if, this year for what, guiding. What's that now? All done with guiding. For uh, well, I, we have an elk hunter this weekend, but I'm not guiding. Him. Oh. Uh, I have another guy helping. Um, we actually have two elk hunters this week. One of them is kind of a, a landowner elk tag. And it's do-it-yourself thing. Okay. And this is one of our club members that's uh, he knows the ranch. Mm-hmm. And what we do on that, some of the ranches the elk come and go so uh, infrequently is we'll do uh, like a, a entry fee, you know, so like a, um, a trespass fee, mm-hmm. and then we have a harvest uh, trophy schedule. Gotcha. So, and usually if. If you shoot a bull under 350, you're not paying too much. Really? Yeah, but it starts going up pretty fast. <laughs> <laughs> By the inch? Yeah. Well, no, it's a it's a graduated scale, but you know we, I think 350 is the mark. 
Yeah. I mean, if you find a 350 bull and you shoot a 350 uh, over a 350 bull, you've done a pretty good job, mm-hmm. and you don't mind paying. Yeah, that's true. You know? Yeah, Cause, and it's way cheaper than anywhere else. I mean, you get these guys paying twenty five, thirty thousand dollars and shooting a, you know, a 340. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. That's a good bull. Yeah. But, uh, but if you're gonna pay a bunch of money, uh, I would think you can wait. You know. Yeah. Right on. Well, we appreciate you taking the time. and. Oh, I love it. Like I said, we've been talking about it forever. I know. You we know? have. We have Jeez. literally since. And yeah. uh, it might be sooner than you think I'll be bothering you because that's you know, fine. we're ready to get out of California, man. I'll yeah, tell you. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I think I could probably save uh, just in the, the tax benefits from getting out of California. Yeah. I'd want a lot more hunts. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. How, uh, how many more years till your wife retires? Probably four. Because you're pretty remote, what you do, huh? Yeah, I, what I do, I can do anywhere. You know, and the only reason I'm still working, actually, in the 9-to-5 job is, you know, we sold the, the uh, injection molding uh, wheel company out of Reading in yeah. 2017. Uh-huh. Um, and it's the brand, you know. I worked there my whole life, 45 years in the brand. So wow. It's, hmm. it's more of a visceral thing about the brand that as soon as if this other company really has it down where they get it and they're getting they're clicking on all cylinders then i'm ready to get out you know but until then you know and it's like i say it's it's what i've done my whole life so it's easy yeah i just went to it's bmx wheels so i went to a a a event last weekend in angel camp and it was a old school old school bmx race really yeah a bunch of old season packs really (laughs) nice and it was the same guys that uh, were riding bikes for us in the 80s for the really i bet that was cool yeah young guys you know and they were racing and yeah it was really good to see those guys and it's it's fun to see some of the older guys are racing Oh, yeah. Huh. yeah, still. Lost their hair, gray hair and shit. Yeah, no hair or whatever, but <laughs> it's good to see them still engaged in the industry. Heck no yeah. kidding, that's they cool. They loved it when they were younger and yeah. were racing, so yeah, stuff like that. And there's there's new BMX where younger kids are getting involved, mm. yeah. so it's nice to see younger kids getting outside and throw, you know putting the phone away and that kind of stuff. Absolutely, oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you do, if it's BMX, motocross, hunting. Yeah. Whatever you want to do, do outside, just get outside, Absolutely. man. Get get your. Uh, I mean, these these glasses I have supposedly have that special coating that helps you out on the computer. Yeah, that blue. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that's all about. If they have to make some glasses that have a special coating, <laughs> right? There's something not right with a computer. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. True. So, but cool. No, I appreciate you guys, man. And like I say, yeah, we appreciate everything. You know, because because realistically, I mean. You know, not only we knew you through Mossy Oak years ago, but when it came a few years back when Nomad was looking for yeah. some uh, presence out, a little more presence out west and some uh, content being done, you know, you were kind of the person that sent us, uh, sent me towards Tussie and oh, yeah. enabled us to. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's a who you know world, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. But right. we appreciate that. Cause and if it's you're been a dud. Good gig. You, if you're if you're thinking, well, I'm not a part of that who you know world. It's, you might want to look at yourself because you're probably a dud. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Good point. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to waste our time spending uh, spending time with people that you don't enjoy being around. Yeah, right. You know? yeah. That's true. Good point. Don't be mean, but yeah. just be be good about yourself. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, nice. hopefully we'll get some field time together. Maybe next year we can do some I'm stuff. In. I got kind of re rehooked, you know, shooting an antelope this year. So I'm kind of like, I got points in Arizona, uh, Utah, California for yeah. antelope. So. Yeah. Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> so that was go. a cool buck that you did get too this yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. You don't see the antelope very often. It's 19 and a half inches wide. Yeah. Wide so, yeah. boy. That's nice. Yeah. Nope. Cool factor is what it was. Sometimes yeah. you just see something. Exactly. exactly. You just fall in love with it. Yeah. That's the one I want. Yeah. I say that a lot about antelope. I just want some wild factor. I don't care about the score. Yeah. yeah that's what even it is, this know? year, swoop back like Swoops. a. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. I missed him, but that's how that goes. <laughs> he's still there, though, right? He, he's still out there. Gonna get bigger, hopefully. Well, yeah, I'm hoping to get back. Was well, your there. season over though? No, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll head back out. I was hoping to be done. I've got um, a muzzleloader bull hunt coming up pretty quick, and then right after that, uh, first of November, I have a muzzleloader deer hunt. So I was trying to get that all. Uh, what muzzleloader are you shooting? Uh, it is the. CBA. CBA, yeah. Sorry. Okay. My brain just went yeah, blank. That's yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out for that muzzleloader hunt because I have three muzzleloaders sitting at my house right mm -hmm. now. I have one of those 700s. Then I have my tradition. Uh, and then I have uh, a CVA sitting there. Mm -hmm. And I just ordered some new sites because in California you can't use any optics. You know, yeah. that here too. Yeah, it has to be open sites. And, okay, got it. So yeah. have you looked at those Williams? I have them on mine. Oh, I like it. The yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm putting on. Yeah. With the three lines on it. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because I figured with a muzzle loader, even though with that system, you should be able to shoot out to about 230. Probably. I haven't tried. I think the bowl I shot last time was about 150 yards. Um, that's as far as I've shot. Yeah, and that's what but, I figure is, I mean, muzzle loader is supposed to be primitive weapons. So right. I was looking, we have one of those uh, Remington 700s that I was going to take the scope off and and redo the sights, but I don't really want to do that. Mm -hmm. I was looking at those, uh, I think it's Gunworks has a sight for that, a peep sight. Mm -hmm. It's got a dial on it. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, six or 700 yards. Yeah. And I'm like, is that really muzzleloader hunting? Yeah, yeah it's exactly. Not. That's how I, yeah. I, I like it for the challenge. <laughs> Years too, ago, you know? I mean... My dad, I don't, you know, I don't think he'd ever think of taking a shot that far. Right. Yeah. You know, 600 yards. Right. Of course, I, I always wonder those old westerns, like those Quigley down under right. ones yeah. where he pulls that up. Yeah. And you see him elevate a little bit. How far is he really shooting? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 90 yards. That's fun. Well, good for you, man. That sounds like fun. Yeah, it'll be, you know, it should be good. That muzzleloader gives you some better, definitely gives you some opportunity. Oh, that's, you know, I've been hunting for quite a few years with it. And, um, yeah, that's why I started was the opportunity, honestly. Yeah. In fact, I drew uh, the deer hunt last year, um, muzzleloader deer. So we have to sit out a year here uh, before you can put in again. And, but we had the second chance drawings. People that don't pick up their tags, they have second chance. There was one tag left for that unit that I drew last year. So I put in for the second chance. I was allowed to do that, and I freaking drew that one tag. Hey, good for you. It was meant to be. Yeah, that was, that was meant so to be. So I was super you stoked like to be back. You were almost not even going to put in for it, and you thought kind of, what the heck, Yeah, right? yeah, because I'd already drawn, you know, the elk tag. I drew that on the first go, and there was only 20 of those tags, actually. Wow. So I was pretty fortunate on that. And then, um, yeah, I was like, well, what the heck. It would spread my season out, you know, so it actually works really well. Yeah, that did because the time frames for those is far enough away. You got yeah, yep. 
So anyway, I like it. We'll see. Yeah, in California, you're not gonna uh, rut hunt deer unless you use a bow or a muzzleloader, right? Or it, a PLM tag. It's know. really like that here. I mean, I think there's a couple of there's a couple of rifle hunts for during the rut for the mule deer, but yeah. for the most part, you got archery or muzzleloader. Yeah. It's That's so the way much it should fun, be, man. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, if you can't get close on a deer when it's dumb, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's true. And the one I shot last year was real dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the does you got to worry about. Man. It is one hundred percent out those old those that are some uh-huh. of the sentinel ones that aren't even breeding. Right. Yeah, and they just figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, cool. All right. Well, thanks very much for your time. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah, you bet. Thanks, John. John hurried back last night no, so we get this done today. And so where did the where do uh, where do you broadcast this podcast? Uh, we're on uh, through Bot or Podbean. We're on Spotify. Most all of the little, yeah, yeah, iTunes, all those, yep. and then YouTube. We launch it on yep. uh, Sagebuck Productions. Sagebuck Outdoors. Or Outdoors. Sagebuck. So do you post Outdoors. A, Sorry, he changed it to Outdoors. you post a link outdoors. or something? Or? Yeah. 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 And we, we, of course, people subscribe, go our Oh, gotcha. go on it. Yeah, I need to do that. I need to. And I might already. I don't know. I can't keep track of all that. I know. Stuff. It's a know. lot. Sorry, John. I call it Productions. It's all right. I'll forgive you. <laughs> still happens used to be productions years ago when he was small time yeah well that you know that's how you know we first met was through that you helped us with a video yeah the elk one yeah that close and you can still find that on oh yeah it's still on there i go there and look at it every so often and it was uh it was a cool video if you haven't seen it go to i think it is called close encounters Close encounters yeah Yeah. i'll uh i'll put a link on this too so you can check it out uh, it was a bull one of the bulls down there uh actually it was ended up being 365 and five i think with 20 inches broke off Mm -hmm. so it was a big bull he was big and uh and actually the 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 uh, funny or the ironic you know drama part of the whole video is when the the elk was probably about nine yards from me and then the guy shot that's right. and it ran right at me so i'm falling backwards with the camera that's right <laughs> and i forgot and, about that and the film is going up across the elk's chin <laughs> wow <laughs> but uh but it ran right by me and you know of course died right there but right. uh but but yeah, it was a big enough. You know, it was pretty a cool video where he's coming in, bugling, slobbering, and it was really cool. If, if you haven't checked it out, you should. It's it's yeah. not a very long video, but it is super awesome. Yeah, I've I used to try to do all that stuff, you know, not to get back on some more time. But that video stuff, man, there is a lot of animals that are alive today mm-hmm. because of cameras. <laughs> uh, I have one. Swo- Swoops is alive because of a camera, actually. <laughs> yeah, and I almost didn't shoot. Right, didn't get a shot. The buck I did kill because of camera. I was trying to get that, and I wasn't trying to. Because last year I rushed shot on a buck before I killed the one I did and missed because I was trying to rush and worried about uh, my arrow hitting the blind and you know just a whole kind of a bunch of different things. I just rushed, punched trigger, knows what. And miss completely. So I was really adamant about this year. I'm not going to let that happen again. Yeah. If I don't get the shot, I don't get the shot. But I did want to get it on film if I could. Right. Yeah. And and it finally did get it. I done. tried that for a long time, and I don't know. Kudos to these guys like uh, Remy and Tim. Oh yeah, <laughs> solo hunter guys. Do their own hunt, yeah. you know, self filming and stuff. But man, I I'm just programmed to. 
harvest. You right. Know? Yeah. And uh, it's so all... many times it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And not that it, I think it's great to try to share your experience. Yeah. But at the same time, it's your experience, right? It, it kind of, for me at least, even film in the beginning, John added some stuff from years ago that I had. But a lot of it was because my dad was getting older and he wanted to go be out there, but he didn't bow hunt. But just the whole idea of being out there was for me just to to try to film it so I can bring it back and show it to him. And a lot of times it didn't leave any more farther than me hooking the camera up to the TV and him watching it on TV and that's where it went. (laughs) So there's nothing wrong with that. I like doing that too. I filmed all that. I filmed that trifecta last year. Did you? But I haven't done anything with it, you know. I'm kind of like on the fence on that, you know. You know, do you really need to be that busy or have that many people? Because I think there's really more people than we would ever realize that want to do that. Yeah. And can afford it. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah, you might be opening up a can of worms, huh? I know. uh, you got to (laughs) wonder, huh? Yeah. (laughs) You know. Well, I bet you would. It would, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely a cool deal. but. We'll see. Yeah. Well, great, guys. Thank you. Well, let's move on. I probably ought to get. You got to hit the road. Head north. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Travel driving. safe. Yeah. See us. We'll look uh, forward to getting our some pictures. See how the here. Canadian border is. You know. See if they still like us as Americans. Right. <laughs> well, you're pretty adamant about t- making sure you crossed your T's and dotted your I's with what you yeah, can take I got and stuff. Everything then. Yeah. Yeah, it shouldn't be any problem. Good. It's actually harder to get back into the United States once you leave. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that's silly. Yeah. Cool. Well, All thanks, right. guys. Well, thanks. thanks. Thanks, John. Yeah, thank we'll you, talk guys. talk to you later. And yeah. yeah no, like and subscribe. Yep. We'll see you guys. Thank you. Mm, thank bye. you. <laughs>